the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, Josh Bomback of the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast joins us, and number one fan James fills in for Mac while we talk about the NBA's free agency, The Undertaker's farewell to the WWE, and the upcoming Tyson fight. Then we'll talk about college football cancellations and Joe Burrow's gruesome injury. We'll wrap things up with our quick picks of the week and a fantasy sports update. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello, welcome to episode 56 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. And I am Heather, who is regretting already giving away all of her maternity clothes because I was actually going to need the pants for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Lewis. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. You may have noticed that Mac was missing from our intro. That's because he is not here tonight, but he is being replaced by number one fan, James. Yay. How are you doing this week, James? Uh, now that I'm not having a heart attack after that intro that Heather just had, um, <laughs> I'm good. So, Thanksgiving, not pregnancy. Yeah. yeah, they're stretchy. They're stretchy right where I need them to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Also the, joining us area. from the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, which you can hear multiple times a week wherever you find your podcast, it's Josh Bomback. Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your show. Uh, yeah, my name is Josh Bomback. Uh, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, it's getting cold up here now. Uh, that's always fun part of this time of year for the next, I don't know, too many months. Uh, like you said, I am uh, one of the members of the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. There are eight of us, thus why we can put out a couple shows a week, uh, at least for now. Hopefully we can keep that up. Um, you can find us on you know, all the different socials at Benchwarmers TP. Uh, you know, we, we do sports trivia, um, all different levels of expertise. We have some people who are great uh, on our show and people like me who struggle, but uh, you know, we have a good time and uh, guests come on. So if there's anybody looking to be a part of some sports trivia, you can check us out uh, and you know, we can get you on the show if you're interested. Yeah. We were on episode 46 a couple of weeks ago, Mac, Heather and I, and uh, it ended up being a lot closer than most of that game. Was. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. But it was such a good time. Like, yeah, that was a fun, like three hours that it yeah. took to record that. But yeah, it was when fun. I uh, when I went back, when I listened to it after it came out, uh, in, it was a little bit longer because we just couldn't cut a lot of the stuff because it was so good. It was so funny. It was <laughs> such a great episode. So thank you guys for coming on. That was a lot of fun. Hopefully you didn't get any complaints from sympathy pukers uh, because of Heather there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've heard anything yet on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Just give it well, time. Give it time. Well, thanks for joining us this week, Josh. How's everybody else doing this week? Good. Well, I'm number one fan. I'll let you because, you know, this is you. I'm helping yeah. you, like, with your recovery. Oh, and oh yeah. Right. No, my week's been good. Um, I wake up. I try to work out. I deal with two mini horses. And then I play Xbox. So, um till heather gets home and that's pretty much my week so i can't really complain like i'm getting paid to sit at home and do nothing but a little, a little slow so yeah yeah everybody looking forward to thanksgiving this week Meh. Meh. everybody looking forward to the four-day weekend yeah because i actually <laughs> got one. 
The bank that I work at gave us the Friday after Thanksgiving off, which is unheard of in the financial industry. Like, that is not a thing. Well, yeah, because everybody needs their money on Black Friday. Yeah, well, this is too bad. So sad out here. Yeah. Not at, not at my bank. <laughs> Well, we've got quite a bit to talk about this week, so let's dive in. We're going to start with the NBA. Uh, the NBA is going kind of crazy with free agency this year. It seems like everybody's moving teams. We've got uh, Boogie Cousins going to Houston, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was supposed to go to Milwaukee, but now landed in Atlanta. Uh, Tristan Kardashian's headed to Boston. JaVale McGee's going to Cleveland. Marcus Saul signing with the Lakers. Serge Ibaka is now a Clipper. Rajon Rondo leaves LA for Atlanta. Jay Crowder is headed to Phoenix. And I think it's safe to say that next year is going to look very different in the NBA. Yeah, clearly my dogs are offering their opinion on it too. So please don't mind them. Just are little assholes. Anyways, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> Josh, you got any thoughts on those tra- those moves? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if a ton of them move the needle a lot. I mean, they're all they all are serviceable role players. I think, other than maybe uh, Bogdanovich, that's. Right. Uh, I think that ends up being a pretty big win for Atlanta. Uh, now the question is, what happens in Milwaukee? Does uh, Antetokounmpo stick around, or can they do enough to keep him around? Yeah. Um, and the NBA is one of those things that, you know, Mac really is the, uh, the focal point on that one. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, he literally just took all the words right out of my mouth. Is what I was gonna <laughs> say. I watched the Cavs and that's about it. I just kind of follow all the news and who's doing what. Um, so let, let's, t- let's talk about one that's going to be a little bit closer to James's heart. Uh, this week. The wrestling fandom bid farewell to a legend as The Undertaker, who retired from wrestling earlier this year, made his final appearance at the Survivor Series on Sunday. Uh, Taker was given a 10-bell salute while a holographic image of his former manager, the late Paul Bearer, was projected into the ring. Which I totally called. Did I not? She did. She did. She did call that. That's true. Uh, Yeah. Um, Never say never, but I think he's done for a while. Um, I was told that I was not allowed to, and I quote, do a James with my undertaker notes. So, um, but yes, for the first uh, time ever, like, don't do you don't, please don't. (laughs) which is difficult when you take someone who had a 30 year career in one organization to compile their greatest hits, if you will. Um, but yeah, it was the 30th anniversary, um, of his first appearance at the survivor series. Uh, he was the, uh, during the, what they call the Monday night wars. Uh, he was a, um, he, he was always there. Uh, he was one of the guys that was offered, uh, bigger paychecks to leave than the WWF, uh, to go to WCW. Uh, and he never did cause he felt loyal, uh, to the McMahon family. Um, he was a uh, locker room leader. Um, and he was one of those characters that you didn't need to have a belt on for them to be popular. Yeah. Um, they, they would put the belt on him just as, as a, um, to, to understand the, the gra- like the level of, of like strapping the rocket to him. They had, he beat Hulk Hogan for the title when Hulk Hogan was towards the end of his prime, but he was still a big draw. Um, 
and he always had this aura about him. He was one of the few um, when you had guys uh, in the '90s like The Rock and Stone Cold making movies. Um, he always protected his character, is what he called it. Uh, and um, you know, you could talk about his streak at WrestleMania, which in a sports entertainment world, um, I'm not gonna say it's fake, but when it's scripted, you know, that was one of the things that was talked about by ESPN as one of the, like the greatest winning streaks of all time. Um, and for him to to do that, it, it kind of transcends the business. And I'm glad that he's he's done. Um, there's nothing uh, sadder than watching a guy who's past their prime trying to recapture their glory days when they never will. Um, and I think his Boneyard match at WrestleMania uh, with AJ Styles. That was, was an incredible match. Oh, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was I, super good. I'm not even a wrestling fan, but A, I've always liked The Undertaker because he was kind of just this badass dude. Uh, and B... I watched WrestleMania for the first time in who knows how long this year. And that, that boneyard match was awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's the way to go out and him at survivor series where he made his debut, um, and doing that, uh, kind of homage to, um, to Bill Moody, uh, to, uh, Paul bear, um, was really, uh, like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, cause that's a guy I, you know, I, I was seven or eight. When he debuted, I watched him my entire like life pretty much. So yeah, big uh, same same thing. Like I remember when he first came out. He still and James and I totally agree. Like we agreed on this actually really early in our relationship that the Undertaker always had the best entrances. Like because they were actually like kind of scary because you were like, oh man, this is this is a bad dude that's coming through. But you know, so yeah. yeah. It Josh, was, yeah. I, know, I know you guys did a trivia about wrestling recently. I can't remember, though. Are you a, a big wrestling fan? You know, I had like when I was a kid, I was really into it. Um, uh, when the, like back in the AWA days and then bleeding into the WWF back then. Uh, and then probably for 10 years up until like the mid 90s, I didn't pay a lot of attention. And then for about another decade, so from like 95 to 05, I was really uh, kind of back into watching it, and I don't know where somewhere along the way there, I just it kind of got away from me. And then most of the new people who were coming in, I had no idea who they were, and I just uh, I just never kind of went back to it. But uh, but obviously, The Undertaker was uh, extremely involved in that stretch of time. Um, I was I always appreciated uh, what he was able to bring to the ring for, especially being such a a tall guy. You know, obviously he's yeah. big too, but like. You know, not like, you know, the big show or something like that, who is tall and just like monstrously large. Um, I know it was he was always fun to watch. So um, I wish him well in his retirement. Yeah, I was a little mad at myself. Um, I, I do a weekly uh, online trivia thing where they send out a bunch of questions and you answer them and return it. And one of the questions from yesterday was what singer and rapper allowed one of his band songs to be used as the Undertaker's theme song in, two, in a 2001 PlayStation 2 game called WWF SmackDown Just Bring It on the condition that he be he himself be made into a playable character. And I got it wrong. <laughs> so 2001. I went with the more obvious choice given uh, that time frame. And what moniker the Undertaker was using at the time? 
Oh, you went with Kid Rock. I went with Kid Rock because oh, he was the American was, badass at the I was, time. Was that during his American badass years? Yeah, because yes. it was 2000 that he yeah. made that change. Uh, yep. But it, it was the other one. It was Limp Biscuit, Fred yes. Durst allowing for yep. Roland. Oh, I well, do remember that. Such a God. step up. Such, a, yeah. such an upgrade. That's how you know he was ahead of his time and that he was such a like compelling character when you could have kid rock or limp biscuit song as your intro music and aren't immediately booed out of an arena. <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said, come fight me kid rock. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was, it was a really, it really was like an amazing send off. Like James and I were both kind of emotional about it because again, you know, we've been watching it since we were kids. And so he was always this like mythic person and, and then just seeing him come out and it was, yeah, it was, it was real. And they brought out like some old school wrestlers too. Like a couple of them looked like they were resurrected from the dead, but they brought them out and it was, it was really, it was good to watch. It really so was. So I didn't watch it, but I assume uh, Kane was present. Yes. And he came yes. out in costume. Yes. Kane. Glenn Jacobs was there in costume yeah. as Kane. He looked good for, I mean, because his age. throughout, you know, the late nineties and early two thousands, I didn't really watch wrestling, but I could always name like four. And that was Stone Cold, The Rock, Kane and The Undertaker. Mm. Yep. Uh, I, I didn't know much about wrestling, but I could give you those four. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. It was really good. It, it was, was a it, really great send off. And the entrance he came out kind of recaptured the Undertaker of old. And if you've never seen an Undertaker entrance, just Google one. Get on YouTube. Look at them. They are. It, it doesn't matter if it was a random Monday Night Raw or WrestleMania. There was always a like you. I get goosebumps thinking about it. I, I saw I saw him one time live and to this day, it's one of those memories that will always stick in my head. And it, it just him walking down to the ring. He had such a presence that like, you couldn't help, but just like, be like, well, oh, damn, that dude's fucking badass." Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a happy day and a sad day at the same time for wrestling yeah. fans. Well, moving from the WWE, we move over to the fight arena where Mike Tyson is getting ready to return to the ring against Roy Jones Jr. in an exhibition match. And I hear James has a lot of thoughts here. Uh, okay, so I love Mike Tyson. I love him for his athleticism when he was younger. I love his philosophy on life. His book is fantastic. The shape he is in right now, like, is incredible. Like, if you if you look at a picture of him right now, there's, like, some black and white ones they took. If you cover his face, you wouldn't know that it was Mike Tyson at his age. He looks – he is in the shape of, like, a 30-year-old. He looks fantastic, and mm. I'm super glad he does. This whole – I'm not even going to call it a fight. This whole thing is ridiculous. It's not a fight. It's a sparring session. They're wearing headgear. They're wearing bigger gloves. They're not allowed to go for a knockout. If someone gets a cut, the fight's over. The boxing sparring match is over. Um, I, as much as I love Tyson, I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying to watch two dudes work out. That's all it is. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'd be paying to watch Logan Paul box some NBA player. Yeah, Nate, Rob that, Nate Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, like. I forgot no, like, that that one was opening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if we're going to pay that kind of money. I want to see Tyson murder somebody. And he would. The, the 
the shape that Tyson is in, um, oh, he destroyed. He's he would. I I don't think that Tyson knows how to turn that off. I don't think that um, that Jones knows how to turn it off. Like, I I don't think they do. I think that a couple punches are going to get thrown. The button's going to get flipped, and they're going to be going for the knockout. And that that ref is going to be like, nope, that's it. It's over. We're done. Like, because the California State Athletic Commission is one of the few that like. I think they thought like they were going to like. Oh, you know, we'll bring Mike in. Like, we'll make a bunch of money. Like, he's not going to get in shape, but they don't understand who Mike Tyson is. Like, he is a person. He, I mean, he was the youngest heavyweight champion of all time. Like, he 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 was so gifted athletically when he was thirteen. He he was getting taken to boxing smokers, and they were like, "All right, well, how old is he?" And they're like, "He's 13. He's like, "The fuck? He that, that's a grown ass man. He ain't 13. Like, fine, he's <laughs> seventeen. He was knocking grown men out at thirteen. Damn." Like grown like boxers at 13. And he has that competitive edge to him that like normal people don't have. Like, and he even said he was scared. Um, and this is like a year ago. He said, you know, I'm scared if I ever, if my ego ever gets stoked again because I don't know how to control it. And so all he did was get back in there and he trained and trained and he looks amazing. And I think they thought it was just going to be a, like a freak show money grab. And now you have a dude that really wants to fight. And Roy Jones Jr. also same way. Like, like this dude's not a scrub. Like, it's Roy Jones Jr. Like, I, I don't, I don't think that you know he's gonna take a punch and be like, ah, I can't go for the knockout. Like, it's gonna get out of hand real fast. And I, I think what's gonna happen is they're gonna be like, oh shit, these dudes can fight. And then like six months down the road, they're gonna have an actual boxing match, not whatever this travesty YouTube sensation is. So. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to be the ref, trying to get in between them once those <laughs> once that switch flips? Like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. That's when I just walk my ass to the locker room and be like, y'all don't pay me for this. No, you can't pay me enough to get in between those two. Mm-mm. All right. Well, let's switch over to our favorite topic, college football. Uh, yeah. Clemson versus Florida State was canceled this week when the medics couldn't agree to start the game, but the cancellation has led to Davo Sweeney taking some jabs at the Seminoles, saying that Florida State should have forfeited and that they were, quote, insulting the credibility of their program. Um, he also felt the need to point out that he has been a head coach for a long time while FSU has had three coaches in four years. He needs to shut the fuck up. That's what I'm going to say <laughs> because this asshole had a player who was symptomatic showing up at practice to play. And then the dude traveled with the team. So get the fuck out of here of you saying that the COVID protocols were followed. Clearly they were not. Right. So like, I'm, and I, again, you know, this dude and, I'm kind of, on, and I'm on the side of the Florida State head coach. I don't even remember what his name is, but like uh, Mike Norvell. Yeah, Norvell was straight. Like you know, like coaches are not medical professionals, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, ah, well, that's that's the comment that prompted Dabo to be like, I've been a head coach for this long, and you're the third one in four years. Okay, but being a head coach for X years is not a medical degree. So shut up, Camo. <laughs> Obviously, since didn't Nick Saban just get uh, tested positive for COVID? Uh, yeah, yeah we're going to bring us. that up here shortly. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> yes. Nick Saban has tested positive again. 
But this time, last time it was a false positive or so they say. This time he's actually exhibiting uh, some some minor symptoms. Okay, it still counts. Oh, yeah, it definitely, it definitely does count. Um, I sometimes wonder if Nick Saban is just playing uh, fuck fuck head, game, head games with his opponents because the last time was against uh, was leading up to Georgia. And it was like, will he coach? Won't he coach? Will he coach? Won't he coach? And well, now and it's in preparation of the Iron Bowl. Exactly. That's what I was going to say because of the Iron Bowl. But and like we were talking about earlier, you know, like. Before I found out he was being symptomatic, I was like, watch some Thanksgiving miracle happen, and it's another false positive. But I don't think that's going to happen this time. So, Oh, I, I, I mean, there's still the possibility that these symptoms are unrelated and that it's still a false positive. But stop it. Stop. <laughs> Just let me have this, okay? I know. You have so much love for Alabama. I, let me have this. Even if, if, if he's just fucking around, like, can we pick something less, like, you know, serious to fuck around with? Like, like I, I, as much as this household hates him, if that man got COVID, there are a large percentage of people that would freak the fuck out. Like, bro, stop fucking around saying you have it, you don't have it. Oh, it's a false positive. Like, it's not a well, joke to a lot of people. Yeah, it's yeah. not a joke. Hopefully Absolutely. this time, hopefully this time, if it is a positive, it is and he does the right thing and. You know, maybe get some of those other people who are, you know, who would listen to him, but wouldn't listen to, you know, doctors. But maybe they'll listen to him if he says it's real, you know. Yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) I know, Josh, you're a Minnesota fan and Minnesota's uh, dealing with quite a bit of Corona themselves. Oh, yeah. uh, On their football team to the point where they actually are, are causing Wisconsin to be disqualified from the Big Ten championship game. Because they're not going to have enough games. Yeah, because the game this weekend is being canceled between Wisconsin and Minnesota. Wisconsin will not have the six games necessary to qualify. I mean, it's not only on Minnesota because they had their own issues. Well, sure, but they had to cancel games earlier because of their own COVID issues. I, I just, man, it's, I'm just surprised that you know, the season's still happening and we'll see if we get to the college football championship. If there's four teams who can play, I, I, I mean, if there's, if there's four teams that, that are just left at this point, yeah. well, speaking of the college play, football playoff, left. speaking of the college football playoff, the committee released their first set of rankings this week. And there were a couple of surprises here. Um, let's see. We've got Cincinnati who, came in undefeated and are sitting at number seven, which I believe is the highest initial ranking for a power five or a group of five team mm-hmm. um, podcast favorite coastal Carolina came in. Yeah. at number 20. Yeah, they did. Um, no surprises. Alabama's number one and Notre Dame's number two, but Clemson who lost earlier to Notre Dame this season is sitting at number three ahead of undefeated Ohio state. Yeah, they have Ohio State. An article I was looking at um, have have you guys as the losers of this ranking coming out out of the like winners and losers. So um, I understand the logic of, um, you know, uh, 
Ohio State hasn't played as many games as Clemson has. I understand that. But historically speaking, this is an unprecedented season. Historically speaking, the the committee is not favor or, or doesn't uh, detract from a team when they don't play a game. So that makes it even harder for Ohio State to jump above Clemson as those games even because it's like, well, Clemson didn't lose this week. Clemson didn't play. They stay where they're at. And that's historically how the, co- the the committee has treated, you know, bye weeks and stuff like that. So I, I kind of have an, an issue with Clemson being ranked ahead of Ohio State for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think the fact they've only had four games so far probably did play a factor into that. Um, and since Clemson's only loss was to Notre Dame in, what, double overtime or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so it's... They barely lost to the number two team. I, if if Ohio State wins out, they're going to be in it. Like that's that's yeah. not going to. You know, well, the they're not going to get jumped. Schedule, if the rest of their schedule, that's pretty much assured. Uh, some are also questioning um, whether some disrespect is being shown to Northwestern, who is undefeated and at number eight, uh, behind say Texas A and M and Florida, who are the first two out of the bracket. Northwestern only has five games, though. Like, well, the Big Ten started that, later. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the big The Big Ten didn't prioritize football over COVID until they were forced to. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. Uh, well, you're in the I, SEC, and you're one of the people who forced that. I know. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about that in this house right now. Right now, they're playing in the week division right of the big 10 i'll I'll admit it that's where my gophers are in and (laughs) you know um beating wisconsin last week that was that's a big deal right you know they they held them to seven points i mean but otherwise they beat maryland iowa nebraska purdue not a lot of not a lot of quality wins there they have so one of their wins is a quality win if they i mean they don't have they have michigan state minnesota and illinois to round out their, you know, their eight games or whatever. They're going to have to do some serious, you know, impressing. They're going to have to beat down teams, and that's not what they do. They don't score enough to beat down teams. So while I understand, yes, they're undefeated, um, I totally understand where they're ranked at the moment just because with this weird year and the West is not – as strong as it probably should be. Minnesota was expected to do better. They've fallen flat on their face for the most part this year. So that doesn't help them either, that there's not even like another strong team besides Wisconsin at the moment. Yeah, all they'll have is, you know, a hypothetical win over Ohio State in a Big Ten championship um, for if they go undefeated. Correct. Um, and that could be enough if they if they go 8-0 to the point of a, the championship and beat Ohio state as pre- presuming they're also undefeated. That might be enough for them to climb yeah. up to that point. I guess it also depends on what those other teams, you know, ahead of them are doing too. Um, also look, well, let's look back at last week's games and I have a question and it's starting to sound repetitive. What in the hell does Jim Harbaugh have to do <laughs> to get fired? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think he just maybe has to finish the season out. I don't think they're going to fire him during the season. That's not a real Michigan thing to do. <laughs> at, at I mean, LSU point, did it, so I mean, I don't understand. That, well, that that's not. I'm just saying that that's not really a <laughs> Michigan thing. They don't. They don't. You know, they're going to probably let him barely, finish out the year. Michigan barely survived a double overtime thriller against Rutgers. <laughs> I mean, even, I'm not... even me, who has watched one and a half seasons of college football, knew that that shouldn't have been happening. Like, yeah, that was not not a good look. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. At, at this to watch. Jim Harbaugh has to be sitting on the hottest seat in mm-hmm. all of sports. It's probably hotter than uh, I cannot think of the name of the coach of the Detroit Lions. It's probably hotter than Adam Gase up at the, with the Jets. He has to be sitting on the hottest seat mm-hmm. in all of sports. And second than, to him, you think it's you think it's hotter than Gase or uh, the? Oh, I just had it. Um, pu, 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 oh man, what is his name? Patricia, Matt Patricia. Yeah. You, you yes, sure I it's do. hotter than theirs? I do. You just lost double overtime and celebrated that you beat Rutgers. <laughs> I think the only thing that could save his job would be a win over Ohio State to finish out the season. And historically, that is in the cards. If there's one thing that either of those teams can do in a bad season, it's screw up the other's undefeated season. (laughs) Uh, I mean, because I'm I'm looking at their schedule. They have Penn State, who's not doing well. Like, they haven't won. So, like, okay, they have Penn State and Maryland, who, you know, is two and one at the moment. It. It would have to be, and they would have to convincingly, I think, beat. They'd have to beat down Ohio State. For him to possibly keep his job would be my guess. And you know, if he if he did, they would completely forget about the fact that they just beat Rutgers and celebrated it. Correct. Yeah, it was. I we mean, kept they... like checking. We kept like checking the score, and we were like, "What the hell is going on? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> nothing. The answer is nothing. They were doing nothing. The final in that one was 48-42 in double overtime. Uh, Speaking of Penn State, James Franklin's seat has to be heating up after this season. He may not be in quite as hot of a seat as uh, Harbaugh, but an 0-5 start for the first time in school history? Uh, Yeah, and it's not like they're, you know, back when they were just coming off their, you know, their uh, scandal stuff. Um, Right where you had expected them to have a rough go for a while where they were really hampered with recruiting. They're beyond all that. And yeah, they've, they've been State pretty solid top 10 to start the season. Probably. Cause I, they had a pretty good season last year, but yeah, no, that's uh, his, his seat's gotta be feeling, he's gotta feel those flames a little bit as well. That's uh that's not good. Yeah. I don't know if any of these schools are going to give a pass for this weird COVID year. I so, so here's the thing going back to Harbaugh is that this year is not an outlier for him. He is an eight or nine win coach who gets beat by his rivals repeatedly and has yet to beat Ohio State. And at the end of the day, 
all that matters at Michigan is beating Ohio State. Especially in a year where you're not in contention for anything, which is most right. years, right? So, right? I mean, but, you know, that, like I said, I think that's the only thing that'll save his job is if they can pull off the upset of Ohio State. But I don't, I, I don't see that. I don't happening. see it happening. I don't see it happening either. <laughs> like, so then you'll go shake, back I'll to the NFL. My, I'll, I'll shake my imaginary eight ball and it says outlook, not good. Yeah. That's what yeah. it says. That's what all the little things on the inside say. Just, just outlook, not good. Yeah. <laughs> on the positive side, podcast favorite Coastal Carolina Chanticleers yeah. picked up their eighth win of the season. Uh, the undefeated Chanticleers knocked off Appalachian State this week. Good for them. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm happy with them. Um, I was about to say, didn't you go like all in on your little app thing for them this yeah, week? Or was I that did. last week? I okay. did. Um, I just, you know, I, I do a, a fake betting app just because I'm curious how I would do. Spoiler alert. Not well. Not good. Uh, not good. Oh. But I threw in a whole bunch of fake money on Coastal Carolina to win, and that paid off. Uh, let's turn to the NFL and podcast favorite, <gasps> LSU legend, Ohio State transfer. He's gone by a lot of names <sighs> on this show. You promised to uh, stop saying that. Yes, yes. He is LSU legend Joe Burrow, but he has gone by a lot of names on this yes. show, including okay. Ohio State transfer. Felt the need to specifically emphasize that one, but that's fine. His rookie season came to a harsh end this week. The LSU legend tore his ACL and MCL and suffered other structural knee damage. Uh, this week against the Washington football team and couldn't miss a large portion of the 2021 season for the Bengals. Yeah, we're we're in mourning in this house about it. Yeah. So has he ever had a big injury before? So he did have, I think he had an injury at Ohio State, and that's kind of what knocked him back to the third string um, and ultimately led to his transfer to LSU. I don't know that, I don't believe it was an, ACL or MCL issue. Um, but honestly, at this point, what I would do if I'm Joe Burrow and the Bengals is tank for every quality offensive lineman that they could possibly get their hands on in the 2021 draft and the 2022 draft. Don't try to rush Burrow back for the, for any part of the 2021 season. He's done for 2020. Don't try to get him back for 2021 at all and get him some help and protection and, and start fresh with him in 2022 in his third year. I mean, I'm down for that, but that's not my team. So, but that's my boy. I mean, it sounds like good logic to me, but you know, the <laughs> the Bengals are are smart enough to to go that route. Uh, I mean, historically, are they? No. Okay, so there they're you go. almost as bad as the Browns in that category. <laughs> uh, anyway, how much how much say does he have in that? Because he's not a dumb dude. He's a smart no, dude. He is. Like, he's a very smart dude. I don't know. I mean, he's he's one of those guys who loves to compete, so I could definitely see him trying to get back. Like, I, I could see him trying to push to get back for the start of 2021 
or as early in 2021 as he possibly can. But I think it's smarter to take time and let that those ligaments heal properly and not risk. Uh, I think you were talking before, Josh, an Adrian Peterson situation. Yeah, I mean, there's one Adrian Peterson who can come back in six months from a similar type of knee injury. You know, most it's it's nine to twelve at the at the shortest, typically, yeah. right? I mean, it's it, and who knows what that other structural damage is? You right. know, like it'll be interesting to see what that is. I mean, obviously, the, both the main ligaments have to be replaced, but then is it meniscus? Is it what? Who? What else is it? That's, I think, mm-hmm. the bigger question. Yeah. Yeah, and um, they've I, stayed pretty tight-lipped about what the rest of it is, so. Yeah, and I, I and think they, it's still early. They're still trying to figure out exactly how bad it is. They probably won't know until they can get in there, because yeah. uh, a lot of time, one, the swelling has to go down, right? Obviously, they've had MRIs and that, but until like they get in there, they might not know the level of the other structural damage to the knee. I just know knees aren't supposed to bend the way it it bent. They're not supposed no. to go backwards. And, and to to ironically know a little bit about knee surgeries recently, um, that is one of the things my doc told me. Like, hey, look, we don't know how bad it is until we get in there. So um, they could get in there, and you know, it's a a quick fix. Give him some time to recover. He's back six to nine months, or it could be, you know, hey man, don't put weight on it for six to nine months. Um, these are tricky, and I, I do hope that he takes the time to actually like rehab it and like and heal up. But also, I understand um, what it's like to be a competitive person and not like being on crutches um, and having other people do stuff for you. So, um, but he is our boy in this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did love the shot of Joe Burrow. Um, Dwayne Haskins and uh, Chris Young, uh, Chase Young, Chase Young, Chase Young. Yeah. Yeah. Chase Young, all Ohio State players at one point, they all played together and just surrounding him with that love. I loved that scene. Um, It was it was it was great. Um, But moving on from the Cincinnati Bengals and really the only surprise there is that that injury didn't happen earlier in the season. Um, Josh. Yeah. How did you let the Cowboys top the Vikings? Oh, whoa. Watch. It. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we, do. we have both. You yeah. know, oh, oh, no. it's, you know what, right now the Vikings are not very good. They're just not, especially their defense, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody when their top three defensive backs all left in free agency last year. And you're trying to replace them with a guy who's played for one season and a bunch of rookies and other guys you just signed off of, you know, uh, scrap heaps, basically. Like they got two great safeties, but two great safeties can only do so much for you when the other you you typically have three other defensive backs in the game. So, um, yeah, they're just not that good. I was actually hoping when they started, you know, 0-3 or whatever it was, I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to need a quarterback in the future because Kirk Cousins isn't it. Let's just keep losing. And then, of course, then they start winning, and it's like, geez, oh, God. So they'll end up with a mid-round pick. And, you know, there's not always a great track record of, you know, mid-first-round quarterbacks. So, And, of course, they probably won't 
draft one because they need defensive back help. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> James what, you know, is probably pretty happy about that win, though. Um, Heather, was I so happy about that win? Or um, I to be. I don't even think we watched that game, sir. So. I'm always happy. About he's always happy when the winning. Cowboys win. Oh, yeah, right. that that division. Seriously, it's one, not great. one three six and one and three three and seven teams. That's what we got. You know, mm-hmm. it's great when the uh, the broadcasters start talking about how Philadelphia has a one loss lead. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we are now. Yeah, thanks, well, COVID. That's where that's we are now. Right. You know, that's I'm almost hoping because that doesn't. Uh, don't the Cowboys play Washington this weekend? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving oh, yeah. Day. So yeah. I, yep. I kind of hope it ends won. in a tie. <laughs> Let three of the teams have one tie and see how it all plays out at the end. <laughs> that would be a great way to finish that. Uh, yeah. No, this is no. This is what happens is if it finishes with a tie because it's Thanksgiving, then they all just need to go outside, take off their shirts and wrestle. Because that's how things and just have Heather, a just a giant uncle fight in the yard. Heather, you might want to watch a bunch of get topless guys wrestling. I you know I don't know if everybody else wants that. that. I already say she gets that, that Mondays, <laughs> Wednesdays, sometimes Friday nights. So yeah, I already get that. Mixing in, plenty a, in this house of that. Right. Yeah, but this but this is you know like real actual like punches getting thrown and you know like I said just just let them have at it. You know, that's not how current athletes do things, though. You know, well, they finish a game and then they, they consider that they, they hug and, you know, all that. They're, there's not that competitive fire like of yesteryear, I guess. And when I say yesteryear, I'm talking like in the, you know, before 2000, well, which is great. I like seeing that, you know, players can get along. But there's something about rivalries where, you know, like the Detroit Pistons wouldn't shake hands with the Bulls, you know, that kind of thing, like where. No, like we're we're not friends. I'm not gonna we're not gonna hang out after the game. But now it's that's not the way mo- any of the leagues really are. So. Listen, I'm just saying, like there just needs to be drunk uncle at the end of thank- Thanksgiving vibes that happen. <laughs> that's what I need. I need more of that. All right, what else do we have from this past weekend? Seattle got revenge on Arizona, knocking off the Cardinals, twenty-eight twenty-one. Pittsburgh continued their undefeated season, improving to 10 and 0 with a win over the Jaguars. Uh, Baltimore dropped one to Tennessee in a game that could have big playoff implications. Uh, Baltimore is actually currently outside of the playoff picture. And the Rams edged out Tampa Bay on Monday night. Uh, anything stand out to you guys this week? Tom Brady is old. Uh, I've been, I've watched at, mind you, he is my starting fantasy quarterback right didn't do shit for me this week i'd have got more points with joe burrow with his knee blown out than i did with him so <laughs> like he he's not the tom brady of yesteryear just saying well time doesn't stop for anybody it just seems to slow down around tom brady well i feel like it's kind of starting to speed up a little bit i don't know there's there's seven and four i'm, I'm not counting them out yet because he still is Tom Brady, and you never know what the what the rest of the season can be. True, I mean, you right. <laughs> I mean, I I never I never disliked him. I you know I was never a Patriots hater. I, I was always kind of impressed at how consistently great they were. Um, 
maybe that's just because you know i don't know what it's like to have a team with a super bowl so i, I don't know so sometimes it's just nice <laughs> to revel in other people's glory like saying, i guess you think you don't you don't feel the weight of the rings is what you're saying you know <laughs> what's, what's, a, what's a ring i don't know what is the hand that we're we won't we won't go down we won't go you know we won't go down the you know oh nine championship game we, we won't talk about that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Josh, get, little, get, your uh, crutch, get your crutch out, please. Get your crutch out. That's what we need. Uh, I was banging the door for my dogs, which I apologize that they're being assholes. So it's all right. Any other uh, big notes from this past weekend in NFL? Anything stand out to anybody? I mean, I'm just looking out. The Browns have seven wins. I mean, I get it. you probably don't want to say too much about your he's, own team. He's so feel hard on wood right now. We are the. Uh, the number two wild card. And Listen. there's actually an extra one this year, right? Now there's three yeah, wild cards. Like, so. like not even the last wild card. We're number right. two. He I just look, so- I looked it up. I, I was impressed. I like, I haven't been paying that. I don't usually pay a lot of attention to the AFC since, you know, the Vikings are in the NFC. That's usually the, I'm paying most attention to them. Um, I knew the Browns are doing pretty well, but that's, that's impressive. And you're right. Yeah. That, with the Ravens not being as strong as they were a year ago, it's really opening the door for a team like Cleveland to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We have exactly one strategy and it only works on bad teams. That strategy is um, we do whatever in the first half. And then as the defense starts to get worn down, we hand the ball to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, we, we, we can't pass the ball very well. We can't defend against the pass. Um, and we can't do anything against good teams, but that's, we're, we're a one trick pony. Uh, and that is, we have the best backfield in the NFL. You know, a lot of your schedule doesn't look that brutal. I mean, there's some other decent teams, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we are reasonably a 10 and six team. Um, possibly 11 and five, but that's really just depending on a couple of things like Tennessee is playing pretty well, but they've slipped up in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, that could be a toss up. Um, and then that, that 16, that week 17 matchup with Pittsburgh. Um, what I'm really hoping is that Pittsburgh loses a game between now and then. Because then they will rest their starters for week yep. 17 because they will have locked up the number one seed and they won't be playing for that undefeated season. And maybe we can sneak in a, an extra win there. Well, so with that, then you would also need Kansas City at some point to probably get a second loss because then it's you know, depending on who is guaranteed that number one seed. Right. That, that that's fair, too. Because they're uh, at nine and one. So, yeah, they are nine and one. I think they've got they've got Baltimore coming up soon. I believe. I don't think they've played that game against Baltimore just yet. Um, I think Tim is just happy. I think Tim is just happy that he can count the wins on two hands this season. So, yes. (laughs) And it's not at the end of the season. Maybe, maybe Heather's saints will uh, give Kansas city a loss. Well, they've got the game this week at Tampa Bay. Right. Right. Um, I, I don't, I don't see that loss coming from Miami or Atlanta. Um, I like what, um, 
what Herbert is doing in San in L.A., but it's not going to come there. No, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's it's either the Bucks or the Saints. That would be the a second possible loss. So yeah. it could happen this weekend, or or maybe it happens. You know, for the Saints. But, I mean, yeah, whatever, Saints. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up this uh, the news portion of this episode. Let's jump into our quick picks of the week. A quick update. We all suck at this. <laughs> that's not an update. That's just a recurring. That's just the recurring headline. It's not. Last week, our hosts went 0-4 in the NFL. Uh, Mac and I went two and two in college football and Heather went three and one in college football. So the standings are as such. Heather has now taken possession of first place with a 38 and 30 record. I'm sitting in second place, one game behind at 37 and 31. And Mac is sitting in third at 31 and 37. Ooh, sub 500. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's had a couple of bad weeks lately. Uh, so real quick, since James and Josh are new here, the way we do this is you have up to one minute to explain your choice on each game. Uh, you don't have to use the whole minute, but we try to keep it under one minute per person. So we're going to start in college football. Number 22, Auburn heads to Alabama to take on the number one Crimson Tide, who is a 24 and a half point favorite. And I don't think that this is any real question, but Heather, let's start with you. Well, First off, I hate this game because it's just two Alabama teams. Although Auburn is not nearly as bad, but it, Gus Malzahn and his sweater vests are getting really kind of like, Bleh. so, um, but I went with Alabama. I went with big brother on this one. I think they're just, they're, they're just going to stomp on little brothers dreams and hopes like they usually do most years. So. All right, James, let's go over to you for this one. Yeah, so Alabama as well. Um, the fact that the Tigers can't, you know, get through one game without three or four interceptions or turnovers, um, it Alabama's going to smash all over that. So Alabama. All right. And Josh, who do you like? Yeah, I mean, I don't like Alabama, but I'm going to pick them. Um, <laughs> I just Auburn doesn't score enough. They just they can't they can't keep up with Alabama. So I just think that's going to be the end all. Alabama's going to run away. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have anything more I can add to that. I've got Bama in this one. Um, it's a 24 and a half point favorite. I don't think Bama's going to drop it. Uh Number two, Notre Dame is a five-point favorite heading into number 19, UNC. James, who do you like? It's not that I like Notre Dame. I don't. And I also hold a very, 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 very angry grudge towards UNC for personal reasons. Um, but I see Notre Dame in this just barely pulling it out. Um, UNC has had that flashy offense this year, but uh, Notre Dame's are more consistent, so I see Notre Dame taking it. All right, and Josh? Yeah, um, I think Notre Dame's defense is just uh, better than North Carolina's is, and um, though North Carolina can put up some points, um, Notre Dame's not too far behind with that, so I think on the strength of Notre Dame's defense, they're going to pull off the win. All right, Heather? 
Same. I'm same logic just because of like I real it, this is very weird to be talking about a ranked UNC football team. Yep. So that's kind of what's throwing like a monkey wrench, but I st- I still went with Notre Dame. I, I don't I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be able to to keep up with All Notre right. Dame. I'm actually going to break with the convention here. Uh, I like what Mac Brown is doing at UNC. I still, maybe it's just history talking. I don't necessarily trust Notre Dame in any game, uh, especially ranked games. Um, They only beat Clemson in double overtime without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, So I'm going to pick UNC for the upset here. Um, Of course you would. Hey, uh, I've, I've got to get my lead back. I have mm, to get my lead back. Okay. Uh, and I'm I'm probably going to make it up here too. Uh, number thirteen, Iowa State heads to Texas to take on the number seventeen Horns. The Longhorns are a one and a half point favorite. And Josh, let's start with you on this one. Uh, you know, I I don't haven't paid a lot of attention to either of these clubs, um, but obviously a thirteen seventeen matchup is a compelling one. I. It's in Texas, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It is. And I know that doesn't necessarily mean a ton in our current you know, climate, but um, there is still some about playing at home. Uh, I think I'm going to give it to Texas. All right. Heather, who are you taking? Um, I am actually going to go with Iowa State on this one because they are coming off of a pretty, I don't want to say impressive because they took him to the woodshed of K-State, a 45-0 and zero win last week. Um, because K-State actually started the season not that bad, and they've had a couple of impressive wins. Um, and, you know, Iowa State, they're getting – they have nine starters back, um, and they have a the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Um Mike Rose, and so I just I like Iowa State in this one. Texas Texas very rarely impresses me, so I just I like Iowa State. And James, there's nothing impressive in Texas. I used to live there, so she's right. Um, but I'm gonna go the opposite way. Uh, house divided again. Uh, Texas, I think, has been more consistent uh, in the red zone uh, than Iowa has, uh, and both teams are on a three win um, win streak. But I think that being at home, um, Texas teams generally play better at home. Um, I hate that stupid 12th man crap. Mind you, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and I hear it all that's, the time. That's, but, that's Texas A&M. That's yeah, A&M. But it, uh, it, that's it doesn't matter. People. It's everybody. That's who else I know, I know. I know who you're playing. Dang, girl. Um, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I'm going with Texas on it. Just I think being at home, and they've been more consistent. I'm saying Texas. All right, so I thought I was going to have a chance to make up a point on Heather in this one, but Iowa State is usually good for one upset a season, and I've been saving when I think it's coming. I think it's this week. I think that they can go into Texas and take them down. Uh, So I've got Iowa State in this one. And our final college matchup, Maryland. Uh, well, it was going to be Minnesota at uh, and Wisconsin, but as we talked earlier, Minnesota had to 
uh, postpone or cancel that game due to COVID. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to pick that game because if I was going to realistically pick, I would have probably had to go against my own squad. So, <laughs> <laughs> But instead, we've got Maryland at number 12, Indiana. Indiana's a 10.5-point favorite coming off of the Ohio State loss. Uh, Heather, I think we're at you in this one. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's weird. We don't ha- usually have this many people. Right. I, usually it's just me bouncing back and forth between you and Mac. Right, I know. Um, again, this is this is a game for me where it's just like I don't even who who the fuck cares because I not me, not this girl. Um, <laughs> so I just went with I went with Indiana on this one. They're ranked over Maryland and just. I haven't been hearing too much about Maryland this season, so I'm just meh, meh. All right, James, we turn to you. Um, yeah, same. Another one of those. Man, do I care? I do and I don't. But uh, I think Maryland's going to come out hot, but they're going to get picked apart by that Indiana D. Um, and Indiana's going to come out on top. All right, and Josh. Yeah, I mean, Indiana played a pretty pretty solid game against Ohio State last week, even though they got the loss. Um, you know, when they were down, whatever, 14 or 21 going into the fourth or whatever, and picked up a couple touchdowns, made it a game at least. Right. Uh, I'm, and really the two wins for Maryland aren't really that impressive. Penn State and sadly Minnesota, who they barely beat in overtime due to a <laughs> missed extra point or something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Indiana as well. Yeah. Uh, agreement all across the board. Indiana actually put up a much bigger fight than I thought against Ohio state. I had that game pegged at about 17 points. I thought the spread was a little high. It was like 20 and a half. I was like, eh, maybe not quite that bad, but it was a seven point game after Indiana almost came back from, a, I think it was a 28 point deficit. Uh, so I've got Indiana in this one. I think they're doing a lot of good things down there or up there. It's North of here. Turning to the NFL. And we're going to start with, James for Arizona, a two point favorite at New England. Yeah, sorry, Mac. Um, I'm going to go with Arizona on this. Um, just because it's at home for the Patriots, I, I don't, they're going to come out and want to like, you know, put up points real quick, but I, I, I don't think they can contain that Cardinals offense. Um, and I, I think they're going to, they're going to lose two in a row. And uh, Josh. I think the only thing that could throw a monkey wrench in is I know that uh, Murray is currently questionable for the game, which I think this year that often happens. And this, and I think he's slated to be on track to play. If he didn't play, I'd probably lean towards new England, but I think he is probably going to play. So I'm also going to pick the Cardinals. All right, Heather. Um, I also picked LSU West um, for this game. So, and that's Arizona. That's Arizona. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I know. I know LSU North is Cleveland. Uh, I didn't right know LSU now, West yes. was Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and LSU East used to be the Giants, but mm. they they got rid of OBJ and Ruben Randall. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been very high on Kyler Murray all season. Um, you know, he let me down last week against Seattle, but. Arizona has shown that they can hang with the best of the league. 
And the only thing that's the best of the league in New England right now is Bill Belichick. That team is not one of the best. And I think Arizona actually wins pretty handily. Um, what? So Cam's fashion sense is not the best? <laughs> is that what you? He's no. going to be very upset. He's going to be no. very upset that you said that. Um, well, he can come. Uh, he can. He can, he can come take me on. I'm <laughs> yeah. Warm, I'm okay. just warming up the arm. Yeah. Please. Um, yeah. Don't pull anything <laughs> while you do that. What's that? I said, don't pull anything while you do that. Yeah. Uh, Josh, we're going to start with you on this next one. Kansas City, a three point favorite when they go to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady. Yeah. I, I mean, it depends on which Tom Brady's showing up on any given week, right? He's either looking like, you know, uh, the six-time Super Bowl winner, or he's looking just like an average quarterback in the NFL. Last the two of the last three weeks, he didn't look great. Um, and the Chiefs are their defense isn't anything spectacular, but they're typically pulling out the wins when they need to. So, as much as I would like to, you know, see Kansas City, you know, get taken down a notch just because you know they've been good and they're going to be good for a long time, I uh, got to pick them anyway. So, Kansas City. All right, Heather, who do you like here? Um, I also went with Kansas City, but that's for Pop. So y'all know this. Every time we have a Kansas City thing, I always pick KC. So Okay. Yeah. And James? Yeah, Kansas City as well. Even though um, last week against uh, the Raiders, it was some Mahomes magic that pulled out that win. But I think, you know, that's their go-to. And I don't see Brady putting up the numbers he needs to against Kansas city. I almost know he won't seeing as his last several outings, um, on my fantasy team, um, watching that. Uh, thanks Tom. Appreciate that. Uh, but I, again, yeah, Kansas city all day. Yeah. Um, on paper, these are probably the two most stacked teams in the league. Uh, Tampa Bay, only, only one of these teams lives up to that potential is not Tampa Bay. I got Kansas city here. Um, Tennessee at Indianapolis in a game that could have some big playoff implications. Uh, both of these teams are very much in the thick of the wild card race, uh, as well as the NFC, the AFC South race. Um, Heather, who do you like here? Indianapolis is a three point favorite. I went with Indianapolis. Again, I don't need the minute. I just I, I was doing these picks on my lunch break. I was Indianapolis. All right, and James. Yeah, same. Um, I'm with the Colts as well. Uh, Tennessee has had real trouble, um, you know, pushing teams to get to that fourth down. Um, and I, I don't see them pulling it out over the Colts. All right. And Josh? Yeah, I don't have a real strong sense either way. And since we have two who've already picked Indy, I'm going to switch it over. And um, I think Tannehill and uh, Derrick Henry can possibly get it done. So I'm going to pick Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I am actually going to agree with Josh on this one. Uh, Cleveland beat Indy earlier this year on the back of a serviceable quarterback and a beast of a running back. And you know what? You know what? Uh, Tennessee's got a serviceable quarterback and a beast of a running back. Derrick Henry has no right being able to move the way he does for his size. And I just think he's going to destroy Indianapolis. It's probably going to be a close game, but Derrick Henry is going to be the difference maker and he's going to win this game for Tennessee. 
And that brings us to our game of the week. And one of the reasons that we brought Josh on for this particular episode. Uh, Every week we choose two teams that are just not good that are playing. And we're trying to branch out from choosing NFC East versus NFC East because that's just too easy. (laughs) Uh, so this week we've got Carolina heading to Minnesota, who is a four and a half point favorite. Um, I believe we are starting with James on this one. Okay. So one, I owe you some music still. I apologize um, for the game of the week. I'm going to make it eventually. I just, I haven't been busy, but I let the Xbox get the best of me today. So um yeah, this one, um, I struggled finding a reason to go one way or the other. So I went with that my boss's favorite team is uh, the Panthers. Uh, and so on that, uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you had me there. Must have solid. Yeah. That, was, that was very solid, babe. Very proud mm-hmm. of you. Thank you. We'll, we'll we'll end with Josh. So let's go to Heather for the pick here. Um. Well, I'm not going to say that I didn't care one way or the other because this is division rivalry here. So, um, and I just could not, could not find an appropriate reason to pull for Carolina. So I'm going with Minnesota. I'm throwing you a bone, Josh. So please mark your calendar. It'll probably never happen again. Well, I but I'm know. feeling generous. So I, we, we have a pretty good rookie wide receiver that uh, I think you're a fan of on our team. Yes, you are. Yes, you do. But I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan too. He's on my fantasy football team. So yeah, I pick, I'm picking Minnesota. Uh, and Josh, uh, you know, uh, once again, as I was talking earlier, uh, it, Minnesota is so wishy-washy that it, some weeks they show up when you think they shouldn't. And some weeks when they should, they don't. You know, it's kind of interesting with Teddy Bridgewater coming back to town. Um, that would be an interesting uh, little bit to see if he gets a little extra fired up since, you know, after his big knee injury that we didn't uh, try to keep him around. But I think Delvin Cook is too talented, and uh, Justin Jefferson's coming into his own. Um, he might need to even pull more weight this week because I think uh, Thielen's probably going to be out with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he's been impressive so far. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the the Vikings and you know hope they win. But if they don't, you know eh, I'm, I'm used to it already this year. So are you saying that Minnesota is doing Cleveland things? Is that what you're saying that they do now? Like, like not this year, Cleveland things, just Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland in the past <laughs> things. I, 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 yeah, uh, sure. She kinda. can't help herself. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not as good as they should be, or they should be better, right? They should, have, they should win more of the games that they've lost, but they're not that good. Their defense is really not good. And it's hard to win if you have a poor secondary and you don't get enough pressure on the quarterback. So, yeah. Um, we're all in agreement on this one. I've got Minnesota, uh, Carolina's kind of that one trick pony. And that one pony is probably not playing this week. McCaffrey, I think is all but ruled out. 
Uh, so I've got Minnesota here. Hmm. So that'll wrap up the quick picks of the week. Uh, jumping into our fantasy update, I punched my playoff ticket this week with a win over Modine's three and out. The French button pushers couldn't do the same as they lost to Team Burza. Cheesehead Canuck managed a five-point win over Heather while Mac fell to James. Yeah! And Harrison destroyed Team No Luck. This week, I face off against that number one fan, James. Team Burza squares off with uh, French button pushers. Cheesehead Canuck meets up with Mac. Harrison hopes to stave off elimination against Heather. And uh, I've got something wrong here because Team Burza does not play James. Uh, French button pushers plays uh, Team No Luck. So I apologize for that one. Josh faces Team Burza. Hmm. Heather, do you have a college pickup stat? Uh, I do. I do. Um, so uh, Mac is still dead last champ at 154 points. Number one fan is fifth place it, with 204. Joshua is number four at 237. Misty is third uh, with 250. Dim, you are number two <laughs> uh, at 265. And Goddamn Delight, number one at 275. All so I 10-point right. lead on you. Uh, I'll catch you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you to James and Josh for joining us this week. Josh, why don't you tell us once again about your show and where people can find you? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Um, it was nice that I didn't have to rack my brain on trivia um, for, for this. I just had to have a little bit of uh, stuff to talk about, and I, I think I, I know enough of what's currently going on. To <laughs> I think I held my own. No, you uh, did great. You did great. Once again, if you have any listeners who are looking to uh, get into some sports trivia, whether they're trivia players in general, um, we're a good place. We have a uh, difficult sports trivia, easy sports trivia. It's kind of, it's kind of a mix. We have uh, good people who come on uh, like the people of this podcast um, and join us and we have a good time. So once again, it's the bench warmers trivia podcast. You can find us on any of your, you know, pod catchers and you can find us on any of the socials at bench warmers TP. All really? right. TP. Really? Trivia podcast. Okay. We, we had to shorten something. I mean, oh, okay. 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 That makes it's, sense. It's, it's the only TP you can find this year. That's right. We're in a, <laughs> we're in a pandemic. Okay. Times are hard. Well, you can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can also find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face, Marital Tiffs, and Dead Girls Talking. For Heather, James, and Josh, I'm Tim. Mac should be back next week. And thank you for cheering with the hometown crowd. Bye. And have a good Thanksgiving. Be safe about it. But have a good Thanksgiving. Bye. Have a good week. <laughs>